welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham, fresh from a one-all draw against West Ham, still undefeated. Uh, two London derbies away from home, not not lost the game yet, not lost those. Uh, three, four games gone that we lost last season. Another one with Forest that we didn't play last season, but we didn't lose. Uh, and it was one-all against West Ham. And on the Let's Talk Tottenham, it's one-all with West Ham. Me, Tottenham and Mike, West Ham fan. How you doing? I'm all right, mate. How about you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I was uh, worried that we'd lose and then you'd come on here grinning like the Cheshire Cat and it would be horrible. But yeah, the <laughs> uh, spoils shared. But uh, yeah, uh, just first things first, everybody in the chat, there's a few people. Jamie Pretty, uh, Pretty in the chat, uh, working tonight. In Conte, we trust. Levy out, Enoch out. Uh, let's beat Fulham confidently, not by luck. Uh, have a great show, nearly 7pm in Manila at work. Uh, thanks so much for watching, even though it's it's kind of not the best time. And Ian, uh, uh, saying hi to Jamie if you're still here. Uh, but th thanks so much for getting in the comments and for watching. Please get the comments coming in, questions, uh, uh, topics that we're discussing. Uh, to do with West Ham, uh, uh, any questions for West Ham, for Mike as well. Uh, and yeah, please hit that like and please hit that subscribe. Mike does have a channel himself. It's in the description and he'll let you know at the end where you can find that. So first things first, Mike, uh, the transfer window has ended. Obviously, we're here talking about the West Ham Fulham, uh, West Ham Spurs game, but there's stuff happened. <laughs> it's insensitive. We'll come back to that. But uh, we'll come to West Ham's part in a minute. So transfer window ended. Happy? Question mark. A lot of Spurs fans not, but. It's quite funny. I've seen on Twitter and other streams and everything that, that Perisic, Pesuma, Richarlison are rated as our only good transfers this window. Whereas when we signed him at the start, Forster, step up on Galini, was a brilliant signing as well. All of a sudden, he's gone from brilliant to not even in the conversation. And I, I'm disappointed we didn't get another central defender in and someone creative. But I don't think it's been a terrible, terrible window. I'd say average six and a half, seven. Uh, but I did streams at the end of last season. Spurs fans came on and were in the chats and saying, we need like 15, 14 players here. We won't get that many. We haven't got that many. And then they're upset that we haven't got that many. Uh, and Conte's even said, we need two, three, four windows to sort this team out and get them challenging for titles. And they're upset we haven't got all the players that we need in one window. Uh, I understand people's frustrations and, and it's because of Levy's done this and, and disappointed us for 20 years straight now. But... I think the only team who can be happy that they've covered all bases in the transfer window are Man City. And let's face it, they didn't really have that many bases to cover. Uh, uh, but in terms of Tottenham, I know you don't really care, but I'm going to ask you anyway. From the outside, do you think the window's been good for Tottenham, bad for Tottenham, indifferent? Uh... I think any window where Tottenham keep Kane and Son is a good window. Uh, as again, Shaggy as well. Nice to be again, mate. Um, I think for Spurs, as long as you keep your best players, that's, that's the, the start of a good window. Um, Perisic is a solid sign-in because, again, he knows Conte. Conte knows how he works. Um, he adds that winning mentality in as well, which is something... Yeah, you know, about. age is a, a factor that makes you just go, it's a good sign-in rather than a, you know, a real quality sign-in because it doesn't really give much longevity as such. But again, I think... It's a conversation we've had before that Conte is not a longevity manager. He's a here and now manager. You know, he wants to win now. He doesn't really want to wait. And even though he's talking about multiple windows, he's still thinking that I need to compete and win now. So that's why signings like Perisic come in. Um, but otherwise, again, you've got Romero. Uh, Romero sorry. Um, yeah. He was uh, made permanent. So again, that's a good signing. But, you know, you've not 
necessarily improved your 11 too much. Uh, obviously, Basuma is a good good addition, but from the outside, I wouldn't say there's much in that Spurs side that is a fast improvement on last year. Um, obviously, Kulisewski again and Romero essentially really have just maintained your team as opposed to improved your team um, because obviously you improved in January. So mm. you would argue Basuma is probably the only real improvement to your eleven because the rest of it was about sustaining what you had in January where you saw your, you know, your distinct upturn in form. Yeah, I mean, what we have got this season, certainly with those, the Perisic, or Perisic is starting, but Basuma and Richarlison is, we've got options off the bench now. Not that he used them, he only used Richarlison in the West Ham game, but that aside. But we've got options off, off the bench now, which is obviously an improvement from last year. But yeah, it's just... We weren't going to get all the players that we needed. And and comment here from Ian. Uh, Garden window, like you, I'm a bit disappointed we didn't do more business. Now the dust has settled. We were linked with a lot of players who are all with their current clubs. We haven't settled. I'm assuming that means haven't settled. for okay, they don't want to come. Let's get a B team. Yeah. Uh, which is what we've done in the past. And what what I also like, Bastoni in particular, I want to stay at Inter Milan. We didn't do an Adame Trovis Triore situation. Okay, you want to stay, but we're going to pester you for you know <laughs> the next three months. Okay, move on. We got Longley, obviously not as good a, 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 an option, but he was the best one available. Uh, Ian's carried on. Uh, we haven't settled for second-rate signs. May not be pretty, but the team is achieving results. There was strength in depth we ha- didn't have last season. Pesuma for Winks, Richarlison for Bergvine is a major step up. Yeah, so I, I don't think it's the worst, but obviously I, I, I wanted another central defender, a good central defender, because if Romero gets injured, we've got Sanchez in. Who, If one of the, Dyer gets injured, we haven't got a leader in there, so I wanted a leader in there. And I wanted someone creative. But, you know, we, we've got a Richarlison in who, who can fill in for the top three or replace one of the top three if needed. Certainly in this long, long run with... Up until you're in the same boat, up until the World Cup, it's like two games a week, maybe even three. Yeah, I think it's 11 Premier League games, isn't it, between now and the break? Which yeah, is yeah absolutely like nothing, really. And then you've got the Carling Cup, uh, whatever it's called now, uh, third round in the middle of that as well. Champions League, Europa League and then the World Cup. So he obviously improves on that. Basuma as well in the midfield. Uh, Galini wasn't at it, forced as much better, uh, Perisic. I think Perisic as well can help uh, uh, Sessignon and Spence as well. So I, I think it's been between average and good. It's just, it would have been really, really good if we got those extra two players in. We've also got some of the dead wood out. The issue that we've got is <laughs> they're all on loans without any fee involved. But that's another step up from last season and previously where it was always, well, we signed them for 40 million, they're not going for anything less than 50 but I want them out of the club. Well, they're not going for less than 50. Now they've just got out. Just, just get out. It, yeah, they're coming back. But for this season, they're not there. So I think people need to calm down. I understand where the frustration comes from. But I don't think it's been the worst, worst window ever. And and Conte got his players in early. All of our players will come to Paqueta and West Ham in a bit. But he obviously, now the season has started, has to get used to West Ham, which none of our players have to do that because that's what the pre-season was for, which hasn't happened before either. And that's what Conte demanded, get my players in early, which we haven't seen before. And so Levy has done that for him. Levy still has to do that for January, the next summer, the next January, the next, and so on and so forth. It can't just be where he's done well this weekend, all is forgiven. It can't be like that. But yeah, I, and you never know, there might be an extra bit of the kitty saved going, well, if we're up there or thereabouts, 
the World Cup is there. People are going to be fatigued. Give me some money for January. That could be there and we could be making strides in January. And a lot of players won't be wanting to move this summer, potentially, because James Ward-Prowse, for example, I'm, I'm a starter at Southampton. I'm their main man. If I go to Tottenham, the World Cup, kiss goodbye unless I force my way into that team. Come January, that World Cup isn't there. So then that might be something else. So you might see a few more players coming in. Uh, yeah, that's just my thoughts. Uh, I know a lot of people have had their thoughts and I understand people's thoughts and I understand the frustrations. But for me, it's not the worst window in the world. Uh, but West Ham, one one player that we were linked with, which you got, which we didn't, which is a bit disappointing, is a creative player, Paqueta. Uh, you've got Sca- uh, Scamacco, I think his name is, up top as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, people upset that we haven't got that. And then they say we've got the best striker in the world. But anyway, uh, we don't necessarily have a striker to replace Kane, but although Richardson can fill that in. But in terms of your window, it's obviously been done a bit later than Tottenham. Obviously, ours before pre-season ended. Uh, yours hasn't. Uh, but in terms of the players, how do you rate your window? Yeah, so we had the fortunate part of a lot of our dead ward uh, had contracts expiring. So a lot left. Um, we also got rid of players like uh, Diop, who had a really good start when he first came to West Ham, but then he just never really lived up to, to his potential. See, Vlasic didn't, I didn't think, really got a fair chance, but again, he went put out on loan as well. So we got rid of or shifted players that weren't going to be part of the the, the kind of thing. Um, Aguirre was a great signing, but picked up an injury. Um, it's... I wouldn't say it's a blessing in disguise, but what it probably has forced us to do is to go and get Tilo Kera, who, um, you know, good on the lad, decided he wasn't going to let Son have, have the goal, so he put it in the, his own net. So, you know, that, that makes him a good West Ham player already, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> refusing yeah. to let, you, them, let him score. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, Kera is a good signing. Uh, in fairness to him, he didn't have a choice. Yeah, he didn't he have either a scores choice. an own goal or yeah. he lets some get a tap in. So, exactly. at least he was trying to be proactive and stop it. Just no, exactly. And, and to be fair, Kera had a solid game, but he's been solid since he started. Bar the, the mistake against Brighton, he actually had largely a fairly good debut. But, you know, he's been a very good signer from PSG. 10 million quid means, again, we can be flexible in our defensive setup. We can play a three at the back. We can play as a two gives us that flexibility the way he is. Um, you know, then you look at like Corne, solid signing after last year. Not had a chance yet, but, you know, that will come, uh, most likely in Europa. Again, you know, Skimaka, he was one of the most touted and uh, wanted strikers in Europe this summer. Um, you know, PSG, one of the clubs who went for him, he chose us in, in the end. Uh, Paqueta, again, could have That's gone a good to... sign in that is when it, when he gets into fitness and everything. Uh, exactly, we played you when we did, and he only had a cameo. Uh, yeah, you know, and I think as well, you, again, Skamaka, unfortunately, was ill. I think he would have possibly made a difference in those final stages as well against Tottenham. Um, he's just a player that, due to his size, when he's in the area, he attracts attention, which ultimately makes space for others. But I think all in all, you know, you could say that we've had a really solid window. It's probably an eight or a nine. Some of our fans will say a 10. I can't say it's a 10 unless you win something. For me, I don't think there is a 10 out of a 10 window unless you're, you are winning something. Or if you have covered absolutely every position, you have such good strength and depth. Yeah, Like I say, only Man City can really do that. Cause really have exactly. Win. City are going to probably go and transform <laughs> and win the league. Not only to win the league, they potentially could win uh, Champions League with uh, not just Holland, but, you know, they've yeah, got Alvarez as well. So... Yeah, you, you, just, you just look at it and go, we've had a really solid season. Um, 
unfortunately for teams like West Ham, it's it's that matter or that concept of keeping up with the Joneses, you know, because all the top teams are spending. So you really have to either stretch yourselves into going and get these players, or you have to be very smart in recruitment. And I think we've done a bit of both. Um, we've replaced players. Certain players can't be replaced. Um, and I don't mean this in terms of quality, like Noble, for instance, is a player that's very hard to replace. Quality-wise, I wouldn't say that is hard to replace, but it's the overall uh, yeah. impact and personality that he had within the, the club. The that he has at the club as well. Exactly. Then that's always hard to replace. There's a, that was a big shift for us. And I think that was quite evident at the start of the season, how I don't think we adjusted quite, quite well enough to him going. Um, I think the win against Villa took the monkey off our back <clears throat> and then the game against Spurs, you could see there was a bit of more of a, mm. a fight in the players. And I think some players are starting to, to step out of some shadows and um, even the new players are starting to also make an impact. So yeah, a few positions we obviously wanted, which we didn't get. Like we wanted another CM, we wanted the right back. Uh, but when you consider the work we did do, it's only so much you can do in one window. And unless yeah, we have absolutely. a 200 million plus budget, we weren't going to cover all those positions. You know, January's a plate, like you said, January, probably a time where you go maybe revisit. But I think more likely we'll be in the summer, we'll be coming back to rectify a couple of uh, yeah. positions. We'll probably have to replace one big player anyway come summer next year. But well, it d- depends how you do this season. If you got in the Champions League, let's say, you probably wouldn't need to unless Chelsea, you know. Well, I think if we got into Champions League, then it would mean we'd have to. We'd, we would have we would get a grotesque offer. Yeah, I'm for... assuming you're talking about Cresswell. Uh. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, uh, J- Jared Bowen could also go if he has a good season. I think mean, he's a quality player. But obviously, yeah, you're talking yeah, about Rice there, well, which is if you look uh, at if you looked at that, you know, that's what I've said as well um, throughout this summer is that we could have we could stretch this summer and go and spend because we haven't necessarily spent in other summers. But it's the simple fact that next year. We know we have two very sellable assets that yeah. not only will recoup essentially what we paid out this summer, but also means it can fund, fund yeah. as well. So it's uh, it wasn't a bad tactic, and it also means we're strengthening our team extensively to a point where yeah. should one of them go, it's not necessarily going to be as impactful provided we do the correct recruitment there. It's exactly the same as Liverpool, isn't it? They got rid of Coutinho, one of their best players, basically won them the league because they funded uh, the, yeah. the two positions they really needed, goalkeeper and central defender. But yeah, I, th- I think with Tottenham, I think January could be fairly big. Certainly if we're there or thereabouts at the top of the league, uh, well, it doesn't really matter if we're not there. The Conte will go, we need top four. We need to, you know. Yeah. So I think January could be really big business and, and a lot of movement, certainly because the World Cup has finished and a lot of players will be... Uh, fatigued and I think a lot of players will get injured as well a lot of players will be fatigued I think going into the World Cup and then yeah. I think you could see injuries people pulling up and cramp and all sorts of things but uh yeah I mean transfer window there we've almost forgot that we did have a game uh one all Spurs West Ham uh we lost there last season one nil uh again we didn't play very well I didn't think I only saw the highlights on match of the day uh but I've spoken to other Spurs fans rode our luck a little bit uh, but we still managed to grind out a result. But a draw, was it a fair result? I, I, I've seen that we were the better team in the first half, you the better team in the second half. Uh, we certainly had more possession looking at BBC uh, Sport in the first half. Uh, but I, 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 Jacob, who was on Tommy's channel yesterday from uh, One Up Top, I think his uh, stream is called, was saying essentially 
in the first half, West Ham tried to top them, top them, <laughs> sit back and counter, which is why we had a lot of the ball, didn't do yep. anything with it. The, the penalty appeal, which we'll come to a bit later on, uh, gave you a bit of momentum again and, and a bit of fire. And then it was almost like Moy said, ah, no, 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 remember, we're Tottenham in Tottenham here. <laughs> and then we scored the goal. And then second half came out going, OK, let's play football. Let's go to plan B. And then we can cope with it. Is yeah, that how you so, yeah, so really the first half, I think what we tried to do in the first half was more stifle uh, Tottenham. Um, but what, what, we, what we deliberately did and what made Tottenham struggle at times was we were very smart in how we pressed Tottenham. We also recognised that you playing out the back actually isn't your strength. Um, unless, <laughs> unless you can get it to Hoiberg and Bazuma. And what we did was we essentially, whenever you played out from the back, Ben Rama stood directly on Hoiberg and Antonio then stood uh, essentially so he could move between your centre-backs to kind of block lanes and pass. And then if the ball went out wide, then Ben Rama would go out to the wide position to cover again. And then uh, Antonio would come over to Hoiberg and then you had Suchek would then just sit on Basuma. So we made it very difficult for you to find that out ball um, and why you actually had a couple of times had to play long. Essentially, Spurs really the only thing they had in that first half were counterattacks. Um, we had a couple of effective counterattacks ourselves. Obviously, Antonio hitting the crossbar. Um, Bowen in form is not hitting that one so wide as he did in the first half. If he was on form, he's hitting that much cleaner. Um, just look at the the goal against Leon last season. It's almost a carbon copy situation, but just sliced it because he's again he's not necessarily in that form feeling comfortable when he's shooting, particularly with his right foot. But yeah, the first half was, I think, uh, a bit like, you know, a boxing fight where both teams were just throwing jabs at each other. No one really trying to throw, um, you know, a definitive punch. Uh, the, we obviously, there was a mistake on the edge of your area, which you then broke. Um, and essentially, we didn't recognise that we needed to come across and maybe push or maybe fail. Uh, as Zuma, I think, gave too much room to uh, I can't remember who it was before it got passed to Kane. It might have been uh, wouldn't have been Sonic. It would have been Kulu. Yeah, so I think he probably didn't recognise there. Maybe he should have come across a bit quicker to kind of close down that angle. But you know, and and Tilo had no no choice in what he had to do. It was either let it run and it'd be a tapping for. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's slightly annoying for me that he did get in the way because it would have been really good for Sun's confidence just to get a goal. So for West Ham fans, we find that quite. We end up laughing because it's just yeah. like, well, you know, he may have scored no goal, which is yeah. crap, but. But what, I did, what I did like about Sun, certainly in the second half, is that there's a bit in the second half where he went down the left, cut inside, got a shot off it, it took a deflection and went wide. But that's the Sun that you want to see too often this season where you can see he's lacking form. He checks back, passes it back, goes in the middle. That's what Sun does. So to me, that looked like potentially that the confidence is coming back. And, and yeah. as we know, a confident Sun in that team, with certainly with counter-attacking and Kane there, will score goals. Yeah, I think um, the main spark was obviously, you mentioned the penalty. Um, I don't think it necessarily sparked us into life. I think that was, it was a frustration. And once it obviously got given, you know, the ref nearly had a howler. And then Conte, I we'll talk no about idea. the penalty. Yeah, we'll talk about the penalty in a bit. I've got I'll talk about it in a bit. Because it was Conte's comment after the game was just hilarious because it was, if it would have been the other way around, he wouldn't yeah. have been saying what he was saying, but yeah, I, I think though as well. With if it was the other way around, you may be saying uh, uh, it was a penalty. Should have no, been no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a penalty. Like, even if the other way around, I would have said yeah. well, it hit him in the face. Like, yeah. uh, Let's get into it now. Let's have an argument. 
<laughs> Here's a picture. Uh, I got this from Match of the Day, so it's not yeah. the greatest thing. But no, what I would yeah. say, what I would say, is his hand and his arm is at an, an, a natural angle. It's out from his body, but obviously it you is. can't control well, it's that. It's a crap uh, image because there's another. There's thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I watched watch the replay as well, and you can actually. There's another replay that I watch because I watch. Um, I've got in stats, so I, I can rewatch the games however I want when I want, yeah. kind of thing. So I rewatched the game. You actually see one of the particular replays was just so obvious that the ball it hits him in the face first, and then it comes, and it looks yeah. like it, it looks like it kind of grazes his arm. Yes, his arm's in an unnatural position, but if it's hit his face, and then and it's also if it hit his arm, it would have gone in a different trajectory as well. The other thing is, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know what the uh, handball rule is now because it's, <laughs> it's changed fifty four times in two seasons. But what yeah. I would say is is there was a time, whether it's now, that whether it hits his face first and then his hand or not, it's a penalty because he's hit his hand. Uh, what I would say is after that, it hit one of our players directly yeah, and fell down at his feet. But, um, but yeah, so it, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. I think if it if it was the other way round, I'd be going, never a penalty. It's hit him in the face, what he's mm. supposed to do. This way round... I'm not sure. Conte was adamant about it, and, and well, what, Conte, I did find, what I did find funny is having a go at using the video ref. That's what it's. That's what it's yeah, there for. So I disagree with found, that. But, but in terms, really but in terms of the penalty, it definitely hits him in the face first off. Yeah, yeah exactly. But then, it, but then it brushes his arm, which is a, a natural angle. So is the rule now? If it hits your arm at any point, a penalty. I don't I know the rules now. I don't know the rules now. There's been so many changes. Your arm directly. I think if your arm's in a natural position, it is directly hit at your arm. I don't think if it oh, hits okay. your fire, comes up and hits your arm. Okay. It, Ian it. said this on the penalty. They changed the law after the Sissoko yeah. penalty in the Champions League. If it hits any part of the body beforehand or arm, it isn't a penalty. Yeah, exactly. Goes to... I don't know the rules. It's changed 54 yeah. times in two seasons. Yeah, it's, it's and, more and, a direct yeah. a direct hit from your arm, but in yeah. an unnatural position yeah. is, is, the, is the kind of giveaway. Yeah. But and he goes on to say, uh, he was talking about this on the preview, yeah. issue is after a minute of looking, if they can't see any error, yeah. you go with the on-field decision. Same regarding the yellow card, not red for Kane incident at Forest. Uh, well, I don't think you go with the on-field. I think if they can't do it in the VAR room, you straight away go to ref. We can't make a decision. We don't think it hit his arm. We can't see mm -hmm. clearly. You need to go and watch it on the monitor. It should just be yeah. as quick as that. You should be too. That's the other issue of VAR. It's supposed to be for clear and obvious errors, and they're giving offsides uh, well, for someone's fingernail honest, coming off. It was, uh, it but was as, as long as they get to the right decision, I don't really mind. It's just no. got to be quicker. You, you, and I think that's what you I don't need find. two minutes in the VAR room. And then there's uh, we're opposite ends of the country. We're talking mm -hmm. freely here. With it's not like uh, pass a message yeah. by carrier pigeon to Mike for this question. And yeah, it's just. It, yeah, the thing yeah, that yeah. I found funny was the post-match comments where it's, you know, if you make a mistake in the game, then we carry on and we're happy with it. It's like, um, Conte, you've never been happy with a mistake in a game, no. <laughs> for, for one, anyway. But, but that, 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 that's just manager speak, isn't yeah, it? But Taking it was, the focus away uh, from the players not performing very well. And to, yeah, and I know, exactly. It was, it was a deflection from the fact that his team underperformed, particularly yeah. in the second half. But it was the just the funny, I found it just quite funny, just that it was because the decision benefit, the initial decision benefited Tottenham, he wanted the video referee decision to be completely null and void. Yeah, but every every single manager in football would say is if he wouldn't have given the penalty and then VAR would have given it, he would have been all for VAR. It's just the hypocrisy in what he's saying. I just found laughable. Yeah, be, um, I can guarantee you though, Moyes will be doing exactly that at some point this season. Oh, every goes, do it. every single that. manager does it and it's it's not anything new. And like you say, it's just a deflection from the team. Yeah, it uh, was. It was a deflection. It was just funny because you're just like, oh, mate, just 
take it on yeah. your chin. It was a, it was the right decision happened. This is the problem. Sometimes, yeah, I get it in the heat of the moment, you're trying to deflect, but in some cases we need to then, in football, there needs to be an acknowledgement of when a decision is made right, that we praise the right decision, yeah. because then it encourages those decisions to be continually made. And that's how yeah. we can get some consistency. If we continue to moan about right decisions, then, you know, we can't moan about right decisions and then moan about when they make them wrong as well, because it's like, well, you give them no leg to stand on. You need to support them when they do right. Again, chastise when they do wrong, but when it's right, 100%. Because we want football to be fair, and that made it mm. fair. But, yeah, well, uh, yeah. We'll see. Let's go, on to, let's go on to argument number two with your goal. <laughs> Foul throw, question mark. Image number two, please. <laughs> Again, not not great, but oh, I'm moving my... Well, <laughs> but, yeah, I, when I first saw it, I thought that's a definite foul throw because he slammed it down. Again, yeah. I don't necessarily know the rule. Does it have to be slammed down or thrown in the air? I know it has to be behind your head, which hmm. I, I try to get this image for about five minutes. It's very difficult to pause it when it's a quick throw. But you can see it is behind his head. So initially, I think it probably was behind his head, not not as full back. As if, you know, if you look at that image, Chris, look where the referee's eyes are. And they look where the Lino's yeah. eyes are. Again, that's where VAR comes in because VAR is supposed to look at goals, and then again, cards, the, the question is, the point is, like Chris, clear and obvious. Was it a clear and obvious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and the, well, 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 based on how VAR has been doing it, which it isn't clear and obvious, you'd expect that to be chalked off if it was but, a foul throw. this is but, the thing that I it, love. It, but in terms, of, in terms of that, though, I think it probably is behind his head, so probably okay. But I think even you can agree with the fact that it slammed on the floor. It initially looked that looks it. Oh no, the way the way it's taken, he's deliberately yeah. thrown it at the floor to obviously give Antonio more time to get it. So yeah. he throws it at his chest, then he's got to wait for it. But the thing that I like on the image, can you pull me back up? Uh, it, uh, what it doesn't do is is the fact that the defending was awful afterwards. Yeah. You still so, play to the whistle. You look at Hoiberg; he's remonstrating with a referee. Play to the whistle. Play to the whistle. The I don't know what he's is, demonstrating about. The goal scorer is standing behind Hjelberg and Basuma. Yeah. So he is massively behind the play. Yeah. I love the fact it was Hjelberg that was uh, the one whinging because he got absolutely clattered by Declan Rice after that. He lost his bottle and everything. And right. so and Spurs, after that tackle, in the second half came out and they were, weren't up for the aggressiveness and the fight. In, in some, of the, some of the challenges, they went in... Yeah half anticipating that they're going to lose it or they're going to get hit. And I think that spread them back to your defence. Yeah, that's very really odd for a Conte team, though, isn't it? You'd expect them to be up for the fight right. and everything like that. I think as well, though, Chris, as you said, Romero wasn't in that team. And I know you mm. got you were saying in the last one you had some fighters. I don't think you really do. I think Hoiberg, he'll go into a challenge now and then, but he's not as brash or as uh, hard as some Tottenham fans think that he is. Um, I think once he got that hit, he was obviously struggling with the injury, but the fact is he, the, the rest of the team weren't willing to go into tackles really after that. To, to I the think Basuma of... got booked, didn't he, uh, early on? Uh, Tommy, Tommy was saying yesterday he thought he was going to be sent off, so he had to come off at half-time. I think time he got, yeah, like there was that, a so... lucky moment in the, set, in the first half where he'd been yellowed and then not long after he made another foul and he was a bit lucky. Um, yeah. But we played some. So then he, he's basically on last warning. You yeah. make another foul, you're off. So he no, can't then go in hard and stuff yeah, like that. In case it's hard time. in the end. So we kind of nullified your ability to go into those tackles yeah. because we we got you got five yellow cards because we played some quick passes where you basically come flying in to try and be aggressive. But we 
passed it immediately. So you just took out the play and picked up a yellow. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think you can understand that from Basuma. I mean, <laughs> Romero is different. Romero don't care. Romero versus <laughs> Mitrovic on Saturday, the quickest sending off double in history when they took those two get at it. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, the second half we um, we were far more aggressive in our press as well and pushed higher, hmm. um, and that resulted in Loris just looked nervous whenever the ball was at his feet. Yeah. He just well, gave the ball away. Looked nervous with it at his feet. We'll come on uh, to him later, but <laughs> you, you read my mind there. Uh, but yeah, uh, sorry, carry on. But yeah, he just looked nervous whenever you passed it back. It was a clear tactic of ours to essentially stifle your out ball to Pesuma and Hoiberg, which meant. You only really had the option to play it along your back three and try and either hit a diagonal uh, into Kulisevsky and, and Son or try and work something to get it there. But once you got it back to, to Loris, it just triggered our press. That was our press was that was triggered on once again to Loris. And he got very lucky with Bowen at one point because Bowen slid in and... Yeah. Yeah. Almost got his foot to block it. Well, it wasn't just that. Perisic just tried to come in too weak, uh, got yep. caught by whoever it was, and then it's gone to the next player who's not been strong enough. It was in the box, I suppose. And even not from, from, from Loris. Loris kicked it out of play. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, what I don't get with Loris. Uh, he's a fantastic shot stopper, but not, sure if, he's shouting, not yeah. sure if he's shouting it himself there. I don't think that's from the that's from the Carabao Cup. It's just, <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> What I don't get from Loris is how bad his kicking has been for 10 years. Uh, Harry Kane, for example, stays on the training pitch every day, practices his shooting. Get one of those metal player silhouette things. Nick him from Soccer Saturday if you need to. Speak to Jimmy Bullard. Stick it on various places. (laughs) Stick it on places, various places on the pitch. Roll the ball to Loris. Sprint at him to put him under pressure. He's got to hit that, that, that thing. And you don't go home until you've hit all of, I don't know, five of them, six of them, whatever. Uh, but his kicking hasn't improved. I don't understand it at all. And and it's not like, you know, it's not like us where we've got a nine to five job and then we've got to go to the gym or go and cook dinner or go and do this and go and do that. They do training, finish at three. They don't do anything until bloody nine o'clock the next morning. Go practice your training. That That's why people like Kane, Ronaldo, all of these players, Lampard as well back in the day, Stay out after training to practice certain things. They want to beckon with free kicks. Practice your kicking because it's an obvious ploy. And and Davis and Sanchez was the same. I, I was told as well that your ploy was to try. We could have the ball unless it was Loris or Sanchez because they're the ones under pressure that don't do too well with the passing. But yeah, the, the, the Boeing thing that you talk about. I, I know managers want you to play out the back, but sometimes... There are no options. Yeah. So just hoof the fucking ball long, was, though, get back into shape. When you did hoof it long, it just came back. So I think that was the problem as well. You you don't have... Kulisevsky is probably your best header. Um, mm. Kane, for all his size, isn't that good no. in the air. No, um, this is weakness and has been from the yeah, start. Yeah, and then Zuma pretty much you know, had him uh, aerially. Uh, obviously, Kulisevsky was against uh, Cresswell. So, again, that, that's probably only a viable one. Cresswell's actually surprisingly right near, considering he's only 5'7". Um, so, you didn't really have that out ball because you couldn't really hit it long because if you did, no. then you're then playing for seconds because you've got... If you get, if say we win the ball, then your midfield have to challenge against Rice, who's 6'2", and Suchek, yeah. who's like 6'4". So, all of a sudden, you're playing for seconds and thirds and... 
it just disrupts you. You know, in that second half, I say we were aggressive, we pushed high, so we forced your defense into mistakes and passing the ball into mm. trying to force it. Um, when you could get out to Hurlburg, you were able to try and build stuff, but we really limited it. I think what what it showed was a template really for other clubs as to how to mm. actually hurt Spurs. Obviously, I think it will improve when you get Romero back into your defensive line, but. Again, and when Basuma gets back up to speed and not on a booking, I think he's tremendous. Yeah, I, but I think, but that the, the the yellow card doesn't impact you in possession. No, no. Where no. you were ma- in the second half, massively lacking. You know, we did mm-hmm. cover your out ball very well from from the from your when you playing at the back, but it was more that you our press was absolutely triggered on. Dad. Um, Davidson or Davidson, whatever his name is, I can't remember his name. San- Sanchez. Sanchez, that's it, yeah. Uh, and and um, obviously, uh, Loris. And it, it caused you to be really scrappy, not to get really any uh, kind of pattern, especially in the second half. And our players were up for the challenge, I think. Um, had we not been, I think you probably, the couple of the half chances you had probably would have been a bit more. But you probably say of the the chances created probably the more clear cut ones came fell to West Ham in the, in the end. And obviously in the second half, they were probably the better chances fell to West Ham and arguably. Yeah. Right I can only remember point. one for Kane, which was the volley, which is kind of scuffed at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the Suns one was good defending, but there were people back. And it possibly uh, would have been ruled out by VAR for, um, with Richarlison. Uh, uh, for, 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 for a foul throw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, quickly, uh, Coover here. A couple of co- uh, compliments, compliments, comments. Uh, big up, lads. That's a compliment. Uh, disappointed with the midweek result and the transfer window. Let's hope we find a way to get into gear soon, and these hard-earned points can make a big difference. Uh, gentle breeze, compressed lights of Sanchez and Emerson. <laughs> into my Didn't think Emerson played too bad. I think yeah, Emerson wasn't wasn't too bad. Uh, but yeah, if you get Emerson, if you say either defend for the whole game. Or attack for the whole game. Yeah. He's all right. When it's defend in this moment, attack in this moment, he doesn't have the he concentration. Did, he did struggle at times with that because I think four nails, bearing in mind, and this needs to be shouted out. And I know this is his first chance, so you don't really care, but four nails isn't yeah, a left wing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> four nails isn't a left wing back and doesn't like playing that position, but he absolutely bossed it on that side. You know, mm. Emerson didn't get past him very much. He kept dropping into spaces. Um, he obviously earned a couple of thousand yellow cards off of Spurs players through coming in off that left wing or left wing back position to get involved, particularly in the first half where he set off the, the one where Antonio clipped the post. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it was, I think we won a lot of those individual battles and Spurs, we were quite brave in that. We actually went in a lot of times one for one against Spurs, which is often sometimes a death wish because Spurs are so good on the counter but I think the the bravery and how and where we made those presses really made it difficult for Spurs in the end which obviously turned out great for us could have been even better had Antonio maybe anticipated Bowen when he clipped it across goal maybe had we intercepted one of those wayward passes um, from uh, Lotteries and also had Emerson not run into the same space as Paqueta <laughs> right towards the end as well there could have been a dream opener for him I think had he got that there was so much time he could have taken a, a, a touch and then hit him based on his quality you'd say there's a very good probability he would have you know buried it but um I think it was a fair game mm. we probably 
I think if you're talking about chances, chances again were few and far between. We probably just edged it. But uh, yeah, I think if you had asked any West Ham fan before the game and said, would you take a draw? I think we would have said, yeah. So yeah. I think North- looking at BBC Sport, it said the total shots were 14 West Ham, 13 Spurs. So. Yeah, there was literally nothing between us. I think we both had four shots on reading, the yeah, um, Reading that without the context of the game, it sounds fairly even. But uh, back to Lovies, what, I, what I'm concerned about is there was one save from four downs, which was straight at him, and he's jumped up in the air, punched it away, fallen on the floor, just just catch the thing. Mm. And then there was another one, I can't remember who from, but he seems to have, uh, in the last couple of weeks, gone to the Jordan Pickford School of Goalkeeping and thought, well, when I parry it, let's see how much into danger I can parry it rather than out for a corner or a throw. And he's got lucky in those sense. Maybe he's done it on purpose because he's seen our defenders there. But... Jordan Pickford, for me, yeah. does that all the time. Every time he parries, it's straight into the middle. It's not out wide. And, and Loris is doing that. His kicking is awful. Uh, he's very uh, uh, nervous with cook, kicking. And teams are going to see, like you said, what you did there. And, OK, yeah. that's our plan on Loris. And you know, he worries me a little bit. He worries me a little bit. I mean, yeah, I think it's and, 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 where he parried it out. Had that's we, it. That's it. Yeah. Had yeah. we had a... I think Antonio at times, he, his anticipation, because he's not necessarily natural fully in that position, didn't maybe make that move as Rice was taking that shot. Because I think Skamaka will. Yeah, most probably would have made that movement when your defence is already kind of watching the ball. He's already probably anticipating, well, if that keeper saves it, I need to be in a position to, to kind of get there. But um, yeah, I think Laurie's... It's a fantastic shot stopper. But I think most teams will probably look at what we did and think that's possibly the way to play. Let Spurs have it in that back line. Be a bit brave. Because I think that was the other thing. You've got, we're always talking about Loris's mistakes, but that was enforced by West Ham because we, oh, yeah, we had a yeah. brave high line. And against, again, against Tottenham, that's often a bit of a kiss of death because is quick, as is Son. So, you know, you are taking liberties in doing that. But um, yeah, I think the way we pushed up high uh, and then triggered the press when it went to Loris is what made those mistakes. But again, I think it yeah. sets a template for other teams and other teams who have more pace probably in their front line and a bit more quality when those mistakes are made that Spurs could potentially come undone in one or two games. Um, but it, yeah, it's, just, it's all about if you can stop Hoiberg or you can get in around Hoiberg and, and Basuma when you're building up, it really limits what Spurs yeah, I mean, can do. Skip was on the bench. He's obviously not full fitness because he's had a big injury, but mm. he's very good on the ball, I think. So I think he could force his way back in. But in terms of Loris, I mean, it, it, you, you're right that you did force the errors on him, but it's not his first rodeo in that. No, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's happened time and time again. So I can't understand why he hasn't practiced his kicking under pressure. I just can't. But he is a good shot stopper, but shot stopping isn't just getting in the way of the shot. It's Getting a bit from danger, and he he started pinging it into the mid, parrying it into the middle. Like I said, a Jordan Pickford school of goalkeeping, and uh, I mean, at some point it's going to be pinged. We got Man City soon, (laughs) Christ. Uh, Well, I mean, I mean, we were Man City. You've got Holland soon. (laughs) I think that's that's the worry, isn't it? We've had five games this season. Southampton is probably the first one. Is probably the only one where we've played well and didn't look completely under pressure for all of it. Yeah. But that's to be expected. First home game of the season, first game of the season. 
bang up for it, finished in Champions League, made some good signings. The others, uh, Chelsea, Wolves, Forest, and yourselves, really under pressure. Uh, I am slightly worried at some point we will come across <laughs> someone whose strikers are banging form and then we end up getting a tonking. Yeah, at this moment in time, we haven't played very well in, in, in 80% of the games, but we haven't lost. We, we've got, I think, 11 points, I think it is. Uh, we're only four points off the lead. Uh, and so it can't be that bad a season in that respect. And you, you would expect as Spurs fans, I know you're not, but, uh, you know, watching Spurs as, as a neutral You'd expect Spurs to not be that bad the whole season, and to I get would a little expect bit better. to be better with the ball and to offer more than just counters. Um, I think the way Tottenham is set up is that you're very functional in midfield, and that's by that, a, that that's a Conte thing, though. Conte, yeah, it's, Tommy, it's Tommy was saying it yesterday. He's very, very stubborn. Uh, doesn't it, really have playmakers. Well, the I, I would I disagree with that because he had Barea. At Inter Milan, yeah. he's incredibly industrious, but he's incredibly creative. So it's that's not actually completely true. I think the problem is Spurs don't have the players that he wants to be in central midfield. He wants that player who is a mixture of a, a box to box who has that little bit of extra quality. And I don't think the players you have bought mm. um, necessarily do that. They have the industry that he wants. I've in that respect, though, I think it's very odd because we obviously got Perisic, who is quite clearly uh, a Conte signing. Mm -hmm. uh, we got all of these players in early. So it says to me that he said to Conte, Paratici or both or whoever, I want this player, I want that player. So if he wanted a player in like that, Ericsson was on a free. Uh, you had, you know, I don't think we really bid for Paqueta. And, and we, with all due respect, if it was a choice between Tottenham and West Ham, you'll get in both of our sides. You'd expect he'd join the Champions League. Yeah, you'd expect he would it, have done that. It doesn't necessarily mean that, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we really bid for him. And if he really wanted a player like that, I think we'd have had one by now. Uh, yeah, no, maybe, maybe a Madison. Yeah. So I'm not sure he yeah, wanted that. He either seen Basuma, Bentoncourt or Hoiberg as one of those players, potentially. Yeah, and I think the reported inter late interest in Paqueta when we bid for him, um, that he came out of Spurs is incorrect. Um, I believe it was actually Arsenal. Um, that came right. in, and also they asked him to to essentially wait until January. Um, by that stage, you'd already been quite down the line with West Ham, and I think it also shows a bit of a lack of respect to the player in the sense of, well, if you want that player, you don't then turn around and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. we really, really want you, but you're going to have to wait until we're ready to yeah. sign you. Yeah, you just, my, my point being is that uh, it looks like Conte's got all the players he wanted in early. If he wanted a player like that, I think we'd have had him early as well. Uh, so to me, it says that he either doesn't want that type of player or one of those four players in midfield, Basuma of three and, and the Basuma who he brought in is that player or can be molded into that player. That, right that's that's what it suggests to me. Am I right in saying you wanted Savic from, or Savic from Lazio? Potentially. I don't really bother with all the rumours and stuff. But like what I, mean, but I think that's to, to your point of, I think he did want that player. He wanted mm. say uh, Savic, but, um, but he just wasn't able to strike a deal. No. And couldn't find another yeah. player that has that mixture of industry and um, yeah. final third you're, penetration. You're possibly right. Uh, but it possibly goes to what Ian was saying earlier as well. We're not settling for second best, but we obviously wanted a central defender, but Stoney didn't want to come, so we went and got Longley, so we got our central defender. Uh, Madison yeah, was Madison was the obvious one that I think we were linked to quite heavily, but 70 million. 
potentially a bit too much. But I, I don't know. It, it remains to be seen. But it could even be Richarlison plays, Kane drops a bit deep, but then you obviously lose. Uh, opposition fans will be and players will be delighted that the best striker in in the world, in my opinion, isn't a striker anymore. Well, uh, but then again, under Mourinho, he flourished doing that. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily. Teams will be like, "Oh, great, he's not near our goal," but then it comes down to, well, if you've got Son in form and Kulisewski in form or even Richarlison, you then have your playmaker who can also score when he gets the opportunity. And then you've got your other guys putting the goals in. So I wouldn't necessarily say fans would rejoice. It just means you have to then, you potentially actually causes more problems because if you're not playing a free at the back, um, and I think that's the other thing Spurs <laughs> you played those three so narrow. We just, went man for man on him with our centre-backs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Tilo really had Son pretty much put, you know, put together. And, you know, Kane was getting smothered at times by Zuma. Kulisevsky probably the only one who had any real kind of joy against. Um, yeah. And then he got taken off, which uh, yeah, has got to be for rotation purposes. I, I think it's more that, yeah, you would get into it. But I also think he felt he needed to change it up. And he's not going to take off Son because Son even when he hasn't played well in the past, he's got the propensity to, to pull something out of the bag and Kane obviously is never coming off. I think what you seriously lacked was something in midfield to change that yeah. dynamic. Um, I think your fullbacks, again, you know, I think you took off Perisic as well. Uh, yeah. Didn't really make an impact. Um, Ogbonna almost cost us early because he got um, he got too tight to Richarlison at one bit. But I think he got his own back in the last minute of the game where he absolutely twisted him up inside and out for a tackle, absolutely smashed him. Um, but it's yeah, I think when I look at Spurs, it's a good 11. But I think once you start to go past that 11, I think yeah. there are teams who can probably empty their bench. I weirdly, I, I looked at our bench, looked at the fact that we had had we had Skimaka as well. We would have had the ability to bring on Skimaka, to bring on Paqueta, to bring on Corne. Um, even though I think his star is dwindling, so to speak, I think it's been, even getting Lanzini, you could probably argue in some ways our, our bench, mm. when you compared the two in this game, was better. I think obviously Spurs have a couple of injuries, but yeah. there's, I think that you're seeing in the Premier League now, teams are starting to catch up a little bit in some respects. Um, but I tell you a team I think probably would call Spurs some trouble, and that's Brighton. You know, mm. if they, Brighton they did last sport. season, but yeah, and no, I think it's because Brighton, I think the way they, their formation is set is perfectly set up to pressure Tottenham because they have those two uh, essentially inverted wingers playing, you know, in that point where they just will stand on Hoiberg and Basuma and it will make it difficult. For they, you. They've also got a brilliant manager and brilliant tactician, yeah. in my opinion, as well. Yeah, um, Graham Potter is probably the best manager outside the top six, I would, I would yeah. hazard to say. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of comments. Uh, Ian, uh, Skip and Basuma, best ball players, if that's what Conte wants in midfield. And Kuva says, Bentacool will struggle to shine unless we're a possession-based team. Uh, but what I am confident on is that Conte has a plan. Obviously, the window is closed. Uh, he famously said, uh, losers make excuses. Uh, losers find excuses. Winners find uh, uh, solutions. And so... I'd be very confident he's got a plan of, of what to do up until uh, be November and then the part of December as well after uh, uh, before and after the World Cup and then regroup and, and reevaluate in January again. 
so I'm very confident in that, and I'm fairly confident that we can't. We we will start to actually have the ball <laughs> against teams at some point, and 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 actually look dangerous. Which brings us on to next. Uh, we'll come on to Chelsea, West Ham in a bit. Uh, Fulham next, and uh, Mitrovic. Much more like every time he comes up, Mitrovic can't do it in the Premier League. He's proven them wrong this season. I, I don't know how many goals he's scored, but he's scored in pretty much all of the games. I think he's uh, done so far, but let's face it, he's done it before like that for, for yeah. Fulham. But they are on form at the moment. I think they're up to sixth or seventh. Uh, it's not not going to be made easy. They've obviously got Willian, uh, and mm-hmm. then they've got an ex-Chelsea uh, uh, player or Arsenal player, and I can't remember who now. Oh, no, Carlos Vinicius. Carlos Vinicius. Yeah. Uh, whether he'll play or not, I don't know. Whether he, I, I imagine he'll come on at some point. Uh, so it's not going to be easy, but I, I, I would like to think that being at where they are and how they're doing, they will attack us a bit, which then leads uh, the counter-attack open. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would be very surprised, very surprised with Tottenham if there aren't some changes just for rotation. Uh, I can see Sun being dropped uh, or vested, however you want to say it, for Richarlison. And that might help in the sense of firing him up because we got Marseille away on Wednesday. So mm. we had West Ham Wednesday, Fulham on Saturday, Marseille on Wednesday. Oh, the, the two league games, not that much of a problem, both in London, so not a huge amount of travel. France isn't a million miles away, uh, but it's still a, 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 a travel day. And yeah, and then we come back and away from home. I can't remember who against uh, uh, the, the following weekend. Um but yeah, how, how do you see that game going? I think I always say the same thing now with Spurs. I think we'll win, but I think we'll concede a goal. Hopefully Romero's yeah. back because uh, that will help with the uh, Mitrovic challenge. Yeah. If we give them free kicks, corners. I think yeah. that's I think that's key for you is that Romero's back. I think if yeah. he's not back, Mitrovic is going to be salivating at the chance to play against your back three. <laughs> um, yeah. Because let's say Dyer's not dominant in the air. He's not a dominant defender. Um Sanchez is Sanchez. Like I say, his, I... Pay, his, his strength is pace. Yeah, what, he's... He, what he does, he lets the ball go over his head to rely on the pace. Pace should be the last resort. Yeah, so he lets the as ball... a five-year-old, do not let that ball bounce. He lets the ball bounce and that, that can make a game scrappy. For so someone yeah. like Mitrovic, who will be looking to bully him. Um, and again, uh, I can't even remember who played your, your officer. Oh, the other one was Davies. 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 Again, he's not dominant. He's a decent defender, but he's not dominant. So, you know, Mitrovic is going to be looking at that back line saying, I, I think I can... Yeah. He's going to go out. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but in his mind, is I'm going to go and hurt every single one of them. When he yeah. gets a chance, he's going to jump in hard. He's going to let... In the old school term, let them know he's there. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure those three play like that way, whereas Romero is the complete opposite. He yeah, loves I think the is that aggressiveness, so he'll yeah. be up for that and we'll be like, I, he'll be my responsibility. I will follow him yeah. and take him. I, yeah. do so think I, 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 I agree if, if if we need Romero in there to, to kind of bully him back, because uh, otherwise he could have a bit of a field day with the other three. And then the midfield is interesting as well. Uh, but yeah, if, if if William starts, that suggests they're going a bit more attacking. He's not really what you call a defensive midfielder, mm. uh, but they are gettable, obviously. And uh, you know they are a new team up, had a good start. But how many times we've we seen a new team come up, have a good start, and then the kind of bubble bursts? Yeah, uh, hopefully that's uh, uh, on Saturday. Uh, and then the sign of a good team is how you react in defeat. Uh, uh, Steve Cooper at Forest said it after the six nil. Uh, it's how you know 
you're only successful if you can handle defeats and handle yeah. uh, failures, I think he said. Uh, but they've also got to incorporate 22 new players. Well, yeah, yeah, it's got 23 yeah. potentially if, um, uh, I think, uh, is it, uh, I can't remember his name. Your yeah. old fullback, <laughs> potentially. Oh, Aurea, yeah, yeah. Aurea, Aurea, yeah. But, yeah. But I mean, they were always going to get probably a hammering at Man City and, mm. and their season end defined by what happens against Man City. Probably not Tottenham either, you know, although that was at home. So their home form is going to be key. But yeah, Fulham, they've had a good start. They're definitely gettable. Unfortunately, they'll be saying exactly the same thing about us. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of teams will at the moment will look at Spurs and say they're a gettable team. If you can stifle... You're, they're out, you're out ball in your early build-up because um, you you will always play out from the back. You're not going to hit it long because you don't. Yeah. There's not enough quality in the air in which to really play um, that long ball kind of game. And I know Conte trying to derogatively trying to say that West Ham played long ball, but I think actually in overall we played the same amount of long passes or long balls in the game. Um, yeah, so it's just management speaking, no, no, exactly. I mean, that is just a deflect thing, no, no, exactly. The deflection to say is because so you struggle to deal with a team being direct and going at your center backs, which Fulham will 100% will, will do because yeah. of Mitch, Mitch. So, I think if you get Romero back, that's definitely going to help. Um, again, do you I, see much rotation being that Marseille's coming up? I know you're not obviously a Spurs fan, I know the players Conte, that well, but Conte doesn't really rotate very much anyway. He's, he's going to have to though in this kind of period up until November I would We're probably think. playing probably on Richarlison maybe for like Son because I don't think Son was particularly that great. No. Um, Kulisevsky was your most dangerous player I would say. I think even Kane we... I think, I think Kulisevsky coming off when he was dangerous points to the fact that you are starting on Saturday to me. Yeah, yeah. I think Kulisevsky is probably your, your best player at the moment. Uh, Hoiberg he might be debatable because DD obviously was struggling in the game. Uh, but again, I, I think there's enough, there's enough about Fulham to cause you problems. But if you are serious contenders for the top of the league, you shouldn't yeah, be losing the game. No. Uh, Simply Ace here. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, Dyer Davies and Sanchez, if all together start, Mitrovic is going to cause us capital letters lots of problems. We will need to score at least two goals to win this game. I think if uh, Romero's back, that means Sanchez is out. Uh, I'll be much more confident if uh, uh, Romero's back, let's put it that way. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. And, and like I said, I, I, I am worried when we come up against a good striker, if we give all of these chances away, Mitrovic is that. But I'm also confident that at some point we'll give someone a hammering as well, because Kane, Son, Kulisevsky will all be firing on all cylinders. So it could be one of those games that's really open as a goal fest or, 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 or a chance fest. And I'd be confident if we got a lot of chances that Kane, Son, Kulisevsky, Richardson as well, if he's on, would be able to bang some of those away. Uh, but it'd be very interesting. But you, you're definitely right as well. If we want to have any designs on titles or whatever, this isn't a game we can afford to lose, really. If you want to win titles, you beat the teams below you. And you do not lose against the teams around you or above you. Certainly away from home, a draw is a good result there. And at home, you beat them. In the same way in relegation, it doesn't really matter against the teams at the top of the league as long as goal difference and damage limitation is in play. But it's against teams around you, you win. You don't lose. You don't lose yeah. the six-pointers. So if we have any designs on achieving anything this season in the league, like you say, and certainly at home as well, we have to win this game by hook or by crook. Doesn't really matter how, but I, I'd yeah. like to see actually a performance that is. Oh, that's a good performance. That rather than 
bloody hell we were lucky. <laughs> we made hard work. Of that, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but then the, the bloody hell we're lucky is good in a sense because last season those we, we weren't lucky. We played bad. We lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every now and then it's fine because it shows progress. But if it's for 15 games in a row, it's a bit of an issue there. A bit of yeah. an issue there. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, uh, lastly, Chelsea West Ham. So another London derby. I mean, Chelsea, uh, Mr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde at the moment. Uh, exactly. Looking <laughs> fantastic against us without a striker, getting absolutely torn apart by Leeds. I think they lost to Southampton the other day as well, didn't they? Uh, I mean, do you fancy your chances, or is this exactly the same as our game was? It's a London derby. It doesn't really matter what they're doing in other games. Yeah, I think what's been good for us is Suchek is started to play again um, as in perform which he has done in the last two games um, I think we'll probably play the same formation again we'll probably try and match them up and go three at the back you know you look at Chelsea at the moment you go the strike force looks slightly impotent mm-hmm. at the moment um, you'd expect a Bamiang to be straight in that team though wouldn't you no he can't he, he's broke his jaw isn't he? um, he's yeah, so uh, in case you didn't know, his his place got broken into and his jaw got broke, so he won't be oh, able I to. Play I, for I, do, any... I, yeah. I do know he got broken into, so yeah, yeah so he, he he's all okay, his... but I didn't know his jaw got broken. Yeah, he, he got his jaw broken, so he won't be able to play until at least middle of November. So they're still relying on uh, oh, wow. Arbitz, um yeah. up front. Uh, without him, they don't have a striker. That that's why we uh, committed actual murder by getting <laughs> a draw at their place because they didn't have a striker to put three goals in. Yeah, and you, you look at you look at Chelsea at the moment, and it's like, obviously, they're going to create chances. They, they've got an incredible team there. Um, it's about limiting those chances, obviously, uh, and making stupid decisions in your own penalty area that can lead to, say, a penalty. Um, yeah, I, mean, I do yeah, think that... Jorginho against us. I think exactly the same as Loris, again, with that Bowen thing. Get rid of it. Don't piss them out. Get rid of it. But I think what we've done out. in the past, which we don't tend to do against Spurs, which is what always frustrates me that we don't do it against other teams, is that we show too much respect to teams in the top six and we don't go at them. Obviously, Man City is a different beast. And sometimes <laughs> Liverpool, you, know, you, you just don't go at Man City because they will pick you up and laugh at you. So do it. Certainly not but, this season, yeah. yeah, exactly. And we've done it against Liverpool as well, where we've been... We've been slightly passive, but we've gone at them at the right stages. And against Spurs, we we decided not to show respect. Um, we were pensive in the first half because we were just get, feeling our way in. But against Chelsea, if we if we just do the the usual and sit there passively and let them pass it around and we're not aggressive, get in their faces, then you know I think we're missing a trick because their form hasn't been great. No. Um, as good as Koulibaly is get players in and around him that gets him moving, draw him out wide. Because the moment you take him away from that comfort or take him away from Thiago Silva, he starts to look a bit nervous. You know, if you can get play, get two or three around him all the time and look to kind of undercut or over um, or overlap him, he will struggle. He's a very, very good defender. But as soon as you start to drift, make him drift out wide, he, he does uh, he does tend to lose a bit of his powers, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I think it's what would be important for us is if we can get Skamaka back at, uh, for the game. Um, he may be out still with his illness. Uh, Cresswell potentially is injured. But again, Emerson coming in, I think is probably a good thing for us. Paqueta probably will be on the bench again. Um, 
I do think we can. I don't think we should be scared of Chelsea. No. I don't think we've done enough this season to warrant you to go there thinking this is a Chelsea team. And I think if you can frustrate them, particularly in the first half, or if you can get an early goal, I think the way their form has been so far this season, their their crowd is not going to be supportive. And I think it's that very important old adage. You know, when people used to say about going to Upton Park, if you get in, get there early or score early and you can frustrate the fans, they'll turn on the team. That was always what managers would always say about West Ham because of the demand that we'd put on them. I think the same with Chelsea. If we get there, um, you probably only get the Chelsea chant done once, you know, instead of the twice that they do it. Um, and they'll probably start to turn on their players because they don't like it when they're not no. performing or bossing teams, which they think they do. And they haven't done it this year. So it's important for us to not necessarily show them respect in all honesty, and to try and impose ourselves at the right points to, to give ourselves a chance. I think you probably will, based on the second half against us, you're much more, much more imposing and then looked a much better team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a couple of comments uh, uh, regarding Spurs uh, from Derek Hutchinson. How you doing, buddy? Dyer Sanchez-Davies, I'm a liability going to cost us this season. We should have replaced these clowns at the back. They did all right towards the end of last season, but uh, like I say, I would have wanted another central defender. And simply ace, uh, if we can't win at home against teams like Fulham, we won't finish top six. Uh, we did lose to Southampton at home last year. And uh, as we know, that fourth place, no one seems to ever want that come the end of the season. Uh, it, was, it was fun at times watching yeah. that. It was infuriating. Yeah, and uh, we should have got a centre-back at least. Now we are biting nails the back three. We've got five. We've got the, those three, Romero and Lengley. I wanted another one, so we've got six there. But, but not not a Lengley or Davies or Dyer or Sanchez level, but someone of a Romero level so I think we missed a trick there but we'll see how it goes and he goes on to say we spent 40 million on Spence and Udogi when we should have got a centre back for slightly more and Udogi we don't actually have he's gone back to I think Udinese on loan Spence I think though is he's a Conte right wing back because he goes forward uh, he's he's kind of said it was a kind of club signing but I, I green lit it I don't think we'd have got him if he'd have said absolutely not mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think he, he does fit the mould of a Conte right wing back, like a Victor Moses, who will go forward. The amount of dribbles he did in the Championship for this last season. He's obviously young, so he could end up being a complete flop or he could be the Deli Alley that we saw when he came in, who took to the Premier League like a duck to water before uh, Fortnite came in and, and all of his silly... He's got pace, which is the most important thing to help him settle. Yeah, yeah. and in terms of Chelsea, uh, I think... I don't think the harmony is there and the... you know. New owners and everything like that. But you, you saw against Leeds, uh, uh, Bali, brilliant defender, brilliantly experienced, 3-0 down, game's done, let's get sent off. Absolutely stupid. Uh, for a pullback when he was already on a yellow. And and to me, it looks like the, the, the owners, the new owners, let's spend all this money because I want to stamp my authority on this team. It's not Bowman's empire anymore, it's mine. And I'm not necessarily sure they're buying the players that they need. Abamyang with his jaw broken, obviously, horrible, horrible thing. Hopefully he's okay, but... Can't play until November when they need a striker. Surely Chelsea could have gone and got another striker. Uh, yeah. So to me, so to me, it's 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 almost like Man United under Jose uh, Van Gaal and, and a few of the others. We've got the money. Let's just spend it. Rather than yeah. what I think Tottenham have done is every one of our players has fit a bill that was missing last season. Regardless of you know, Lengley may not be the greatest in the world, but he does he does fit a bill where we were a bit light in central defence. Uh, Whereas Chelsea, I think, are just buying players for the sake of it. And I think that's Maybe. where you can get them because I don't think their their team harmony. I, I don't know defence. 
And yeah, Simply Ace, Simply Ace says here, I wonder how many players Tuchel agreed to sign. I have many players they've signed, let's say six. I'd be surprised if it's more than three. You see, what's surprising is the amount of investment that's gone in their defence. I understand obviously you build from the back, but it's the fact that they've put 70 odd million into um, Fofana. Um, they've obviously gone and got um, Kukarea, uh, Kulabali. I know they needed to bring in centre backs because they lost obviously Rudiger. Um, that's a big one. That, that, that's almost the same level for them defensively as I think Mane for Liverpool going yeah. is for them up top. Regardless of whether you like Rudiger or not, I can't stand but it. it is, but is, he was is, superb for them. It was his, and his leadership alongside Thiago. He had that good. He's awful in a, in a two, but you put him in a three, all of a sudden he comes alive as a centre-back. But um, yeah, I think they're... There is a little bit of a lack of harmony in that back line. They can't really quite decide what they want to do. Kukure is trying to find his way in. Obviously, Ben Chilwell. So they have incredible depth in that defensive position. But then you look in their midfield and, you know, Jorginho's uh, powers are waning. Um, his contract's up at the end of the year. Um, Kante, as great as he is, again, another one who's... He's getting housed, older, isn't he? ...who are slightly waning. Again, his contract's up at the end of the year. Um so that only really, when you look at that centre midfield, you go, well, you then have uh, Kovacic, but then you struggle to then start to look as well, you know. They've uh, got Pulisic not, still, haven't they? But yeah, you know, you've got, you've got, you've got, you know, Kovacic, you've got um, Loftus-Cheek. You kind of look at it and go, yeah, you know, they're good players. Loftus-Cheek can be a bit inconsistent um, when he gets, when he's rolling, you know, he's very hard to stop. Obviously got Gallagher as well, they might, didn't get rid of him. But again, then none of them are really particularly clicking. And I think um, Loftus-Cheek has actually done better when he's played as a right wing-back. But again, he's not going to play there because of Reese James. So if Chelsea do seem to have a little bit of an imbalance in their squad. They've gone, you know, they've done a lot of leg day, but they've not really done much around the core and, you know, the chest area. They've just kind of concentrated yeah. just on the kind of legs at the moment. Yeah, how are you doing, Chris? Uh, thanks so much for watching and the comment. Uh, we'll, we'll end here on a, on a Spurs thing. It is a Spurs dream. You agreed to come on. You knew this was the case. You can't blame me. Uh, from Derek, uh, Spence is better than Emerson or Doherty. He should start v Fulham. Simply A says Spence should be given a chance over Royal. Then again, I should be given a chance to play over Royal. Uh, I think it's, it's a bit harsh on Royal. I think he has improved. But I'd like to see Spence against uh, Fulham. It's, it, it's not a guaranteed win, but it's a game that on paper you should be winning. So you can maybe expect if you're playing against Man City, you don't piss around with your team. Uh, <laughs> you play your top team and, and, and it's at home. We should be attacking, which is obviously Spence's quality. And that should hopefully give him some confidence. So like I've said, I think there'll be some rotation. How much there will be? Not sure. I think Richarlison will probably start. If it was for me, it would be Sun. Uh, even, even if Sun's bang in form, He's going to be playing every single game. You'd imagine he'll play a fair amount in the World Cup. Perfect opportunity to give him a, a rest. Uh, but yeah, in terms of Spence, uh, what do you think he can achieve with Spurs? Or do you think his uh, opportunities will be very, very limited at Spurs? Or, or do you think it's Doherty, Emerson and Spence, although Doherty hasn't really featured? It's There's a place up for grabs here. Emerson's at the moment. Uh, I'm going to give you a chance. Force your way in. Yeah, he's got, obviously, every player has a chance, right? But you've got to be given that chance. Um, with you having three right wing-backs already, obviously, well, well Spencer being as part of that three, um, it's also a bit of a risk for him. 
as well because he's at a stage of his career where he was actually starting to play games. Um, he was he was really out of favour at Middlesbrough, went to Nottingham Forest and found himself, started to develop because he was playing and now he's put himself in a position where he's not potentially going to play. So he's, he's possibly put his development at risk in taking the move to Tottenham. Um, it's a very good move for Spurs in the terms of as a player of a higher potential. Again, it's good for him in the sense he goes to play with better players. Should he play and be part of that team, he's, earned, he's right, therefore he's developing. But there are risks for him more than Spurs because Spurs didn't pay a huge amount for him. So no. he probably he's going to need a chance. But when he gets that, with the way Conte is, he cannot falter. He's going to need to perform from the outset. I think he's... Mm. The luck is Doherty's not ever really shone since he's moved to Spurs. He, he played quite um, well at the end of last season until he then got an injury and then Emerson stepped in and then he played quite well, I thought. Yeah, yeah. and I think Emerson physically has everything you need for a Premier League player, but he's just, he's just seen, he just lacks a little bit, I think, at times. Um, the, the issue with Emerson is that when he was at Barcelona, he was a full-back. Conte obviously plays with wing-backs. It's not a million miles away, but they are two different positions. Oh, no, no, but he's a massive uh, difference. You can see that in Super When he plays in a back four, he's largely better than when he plays as a wing-back because it's just yeah, a different different yeah. role. And, and, and Emerson, that's why, for me, Emerson going forward is fairly awful, whereas Doherty is a lot better, but then Doherty's defence isn't as good. Spence, I'm not really sure about but Spence is definitely attacking uh, wing back yeah like Spence will do well going forward when he's forced to defend it'll be interesting to see how he does that consistently consistently yeah. against better players what he has in his locker is that he's quite tall and he mm. is also quite quick so you tend to see a lot more I think in the Premier League those diagonals hit a lot more uh and there's those fullbacks tested in those kind of variable challenges um I think he needs a chance but he's going to have to perform from day dot that he gets into that yeah. 11 because Conte will not suffer someone who is not performing. It's just yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, Simply A says he uh, doesn't think Conte will play Spence because he's not his sign. And if he was, uh, then he'd be playing him like Perisic is. And then also goes on to say he looks like a big, strong boy. I, I disagree. I think if he did... <laughs> If he wasn't his sign and he didn't want him, there's no way he would have greenlit it. And then when, when Conte gets upset, the world knows about it. He's not someone who keeps all of his upset uh, anguish to himself. We've seen what happened with Chelsea. You know, he's super. He did to you lot around about January last year when he basically... Yeah, yeah. So I, I think he'll play. Uh, and, and I think there's a plan, not a plan in place, but I think taking Kulisevsky off against you with, I think, about 20 minutes to go to keep him fresh. Kulisevsky is brilliant obviously going forward, but tracking back and helping the wing back out, absolutely superb as well. So I think there's an element there of uh, Spence is going to play. He needs your support. You're, you're better at that. You're fresh because I took you off. You can help him and nurse him kind of through the game. They're obviously both young, but Kulisevsky seems to be playing well beyond his years. So I think that could be a case. But uh, those two games, uh, let's have a prediction. I can't do a score prediction. I'm a coward. Uh, I can only say I think Spurs will win, but I think they'll score your game. I think it'll be some kind of score draw. Yeah, I, I think Spurs will win 2-1. Uh, I won't do a score prediction on ours. <laughs> I, again, I, I just, I cut, it feels to me like I'm betting on West Ham and I've been in West Ham yeah. fan long enough to know I can't bet on West Ham. Um, exactly how I feel with Tottenham. Yeah. They stress I, me out enough. I don't need sort of like pride and, and if I went to a bet yeah, on money on it. Don't, 
we don't tend to do great at Stamford Bridge, so it's probably going to be a, a Chelsea win because we tend to show the big six too much respect. Hence why I feel like Chelsea could win. But if we go to the same mentality we did against you lot, then there's no reason to believe that we can't come away with a result. Um, a win might be a stretch too far, but again, with way Chelsea have played, there's no reason to disbelieve <laughs> that that possibility. No, they're very Jekyll and Hyde, aren't they? They're not like Man City who look unstoppable. And I would say Arsenal unstoppable, but I can't. Yeah, and, no, I, and I think their game against Man United could be very interesting. Yeah, very I think it's going to be a good matchup, um, us against Chelsea. Again, as I say, provided we don't go there showing them respect. Um, yeah. You lot, with Romero's back, I think you'll have a better day. If you yeah. don't have Romero back, I think you'll have some struggles throughout the game. Not saying that you're going to lose, yeah. but I think you'll have... Yeah. Some difficulties because of Mitrovic is really feeling feeling himself at the moment as to you know yeah. his form and, and playing against the Premier League defenders. Yeah, I mean, simply Ace has gone with me for your game, one all, score draw, and then three two Spurs over Fulham. I'd take that. Although I'd, I'd, I'd take the, I'd take a one all against Chelsea. I think that's great. Yeah. Into going yeah, into the following week and then obviously in the Europa conference I think yeah, yeah. a positive result against Chelsea would be good yeah I think a lot of the European teams will be uh, uh, rotating a little bit uh, Haaland possibly doesn't need to be rotated because they're not in the World Cup so he gets a month off uh, November oh, yeah, December get anyway full, yeah full so, uh, 30 days to recuperate and come yeah. back even better <laughs> yeah so I think he'll play most of the games whereas other players will be rotated uh, and Derek I completely disagree with this Dyer versus Haaland will be fun to watch. It will be a horror movie. It will not be fun at all. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we, we pretty much reached the end there. Uh, a review of a match, a review of the transfer window from both sides, and then a preview of the matches coming up. Uh, be back on the Hotspur Hood on Monday, so that will be a review of the uh, Fulham game. Uh, and then a preview for the Marseille game. So that'll be on the Hotspur Hood. And then back on here on Friday for a review of the Marseille game and a preview of whoever we're playing next. An experienced person who does this would actually know who that is, but uh, it is me. I'm useless. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes on. Hopefully we can get keep the wins going and, and get ourselves started in the Champions League as well. And uh, yeah, simply uh, die will be massacred. Uh, I think that might be a bit polite. Uh, great show. Cheers, buddy. Appreciate it. And all the comments. And thanks to everybody who's put the comments in. If you haven't done so already, hit a like. And if you're watching, and if you haven't already and you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe. It really helps the channel. If you're watching the uh, replay, please hit the like, please hit the subscribe. And any questions, comments that you have, put them in the uh, comments section as well. Uh, Mike, as a West Ham fan, does have a channel. I can appreciate you might not want to go and watch it, but it is a football channel after all. And we're a football community here. So uh, Babbling Irons is what it's called. Uh, it's in the description, uh, both on the podcast and on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's uh, <clears throat> myself and two other guys uh, talking all things West Ham, uh, trying to be a little bit more on the analytical side of uh, the kind of football conversation. Um, it's very easy to get dragged into the, the fan opinion side, but we try and be a bit more kind of factual, looking at kind of how players are statistically and how we're performing. Um, and obviously, as part of what we've done and what we will be doing is, you know, during transfer windows, drawing up based on data and our knowledge of the team and so on, uh, using kind of data to benchmark players and kind of call out as to, you know, uh, 
recruitment list that could potentially be what we need for positions that we're looking at as well. So, yeah, we get quite active on that side, do some kind of little scout reports as well on players as well, or scout cards on a couple of players. Um, so, yeah, we, we try and get involved more on that. That kind of bit to differentiate ourselves and be less about the our own fan opinion, but more on the kind of driven uh, analytical side, shall we say. Excellent. So, yeah, make sure you check that out. It's a football channel. It is West Ham, but it's a football channel as well. Uh, and, yeah, uh, check out the Hotspur Hood. That's Tommy's channel where I'll be on Monday with the exact same show. He lets me do it on there. Hit the notification bell there because he's got so many people who do channels. That's your best bet to keep up to date with everything. And then you can see there on my thing, Chris's Magic as well. It's a side kind of channel for me. Little magic trick every week, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Tutorial this week. Uh on a little flourish, not a card trick. But, yeah, check that out uh, if you like your magic and something a bit different. And, yeah, we'll be back on Monday. Uh, hopefully we can get that win against Fulham, keep ourselves undefeated and against Marseille as well, get ourselves off to a flying start in the Champions League and up, moving on up after the transfer window, hopefully put ourselves in a good position come January, make reinforcements then and really have a go uh, in the last end of the season. So, yeah, be back on Monday on the Hotspur Hood. Until then, come on, you Spurs. <laughs> Before you go, please leave a like and hit the subscribe button. Also hit the notification bell, you'll be notified when we go live. For anyone who missed the live stream and catches on Let's Talk Tottenham's YouTube account whenever you want, please leave any comments or suggestions in the comments box. For anyone who listens to the audio-only podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anyone who wants that audio-only podcast, you can get that wherever you get your podcast from. Alternatively, go to our Twitter account, at LTalkTottenham, or Instagram account, Let's Talk Tottenham Podcast, you find all the information there. We're back on Mondays on the Hotspur Hood YouTube channel, 7.30pm UK time, and back on Let's Talk Tottenham's YouTube channel at 12.30pm UK time as well. For anyone who wants something a bit different, not just football and likes their magic, please head over to Chris's Magic YouTube channel. Uh, one trick a week, Wednesday, 7.30pm UK time as well. Always watch them. And thanks for watching. Come on!